for me, the best part about the budgeting is just being able to align everybody on the same page. This is what our goal is. This is what our budget is for the upcoming year. And these are the metrics and KPIs and things that we're going to strive to achieve to, to, to meet those goals. You're listening to Toolbox for the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals where we interview leaders for their best tips and tricks of the trades. Learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in. Hello, contractors, and welcome to Toolbox for the Trades. Today, I'm talking to Blake Wiltshire, the Director of Residential at Altoff Home Services. We spoke about how Blake started his career on Firewatch and how budgeting and business planning helped the company double its revenue. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Blake Wiltshire, you are the Director of Residential Services at Altoff Home Services in Chicago. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how budgeting sets the stage for growth. But before we do, I need to ask you an icebreaker so the audience knows you a bit. Uh, uh, I would like to know, Blake, if you if you had 25 hours in the day, how would you spend your extra time? Um, I think that's pretty easy for me. Um, I'd spend it with my kids. I have three kids, uh, 10, 8, and 4. And uh, Oh man! You know, with the summertime, our days are a lot longer right now, and uh, so I actually have some outside time with them when I get home. And lately, we've been doing a lot of fishing, and I've just, I've just really enjoyed it. And uh, so for me, definitely spending spending time with them. I think that's an answer that's going to get everyone listening on your side and ready to learn from you. Um, and also, I actually forgot to check. Um, Altoff is in Chicago, but do you guys have any other locations? Uh, no, we're so we're we're actually located in Crystal Lake, which is uh, the suburbs, northwest suburbs of Chicago. Uh, we do have another location in Hillside, which uh, at the you know time of taping this, we're in the process of getting that um, uh, up and going for us. So I have a, uh, a manager that's going to be. Uh, staffing that. And uh, that should be a, a really nice growth opportunity for us uh, in the next year. So very, very cool. Two locations, cool. but in the Chicago land area. Yeah. Awesome. I I'm a big fan of Chicago. I am a New York City native. I've been living in Los Angeles for the last seven and a half years. So I, I, I really enjoy Chicago and I want to try and spend some more time there. So hopefully I will be taken out there sometime in the future and then you and I can yeah. get some coffee or something. But there you go. enough planning, enough Chicago planning. <laughs> I want to find out how you got into the trades because uh, you didn't plan to. So I would love to know how you got into it. No, yeah. I mean, um, I went to college, uh, got a business degree. I knew I wanted to do something in business. I didn't know exactly what that would be, you know. Uh, so I, as luck would have it, I actually um, met uh, the owner of our company, Todd Altoff, his son, like the second day um, in the dorms, just walking around by happenstance. And so we hit it off and we became really good friends, actually lived together for a while. And uh, when we graduated, he was moving back here to Illinois. I was from Mississippi. And so I was 
young and single and so forth and wanted to just kind of do something different. So uh, I asked him if he wanted to live together up here in, in Illinois and get jobs. That was the plan. We're going to, you know, you know, find jobs. So uh, I came up and I interviewed at a bunch of places and, uh, you know, I had a couple of offers and it was going okay. And his dad said, Hey, are you going to come, are you going to come interview here or what? And um, I was like, Todd, I don't know anything about heating and air conditioning. He's like, that's all right. Just, just come here. Let's interview, you know, interview, spend the day here. So I did. And um, at the end of the day, uh, he's like, we want you to come work here. He's like, if, you know, give us like 60 or 90 days, if you hate it, go take something else. But, you know, I think, uh, I think you'll like it. Um, I did. And I hit 19 years like a month ago. So uh, I've been here a while. Uh, it's worked out, worked out okay. Yeah, it worked out okay is one way to say it for sure. And I just, I have to ask you to expand because uh, when we first spoke, you told me that you had a very interesting and high <laughs> risk and big yeah. time job. So tell me about what was your first job for Altoff? And, you know, I just, it's always fun to comment on that because now you're the director of residential services. So you've come such a far yeah. away. So come you know, so I far. Think yeah, I think uh, for a lot of people, you know, when they think about um, in the trades, people, um, you know, starting in the field, they start, you know, as the, the gopher and the grunt. Well, I can tell you firsthand, you know, you could do that in the office too. Um, so uh, I actually started out um, being delivery guy and fire watch, uh, which if you don't know what that is, that's watching someone else work holding a fire extinguisher. Uh, and hoping nothing happens, but hoping anything happens, uh, just so that you're not sitting there all day. But, uh, I remember, I remember when I first moved up, like I said, I was from Mississippi and, you know, I told my family I was moving to Chicago and I, I remember a lot of my family members saying, you know, oh, you know, he's got this, you know, this big shot job up in Chicago now. And I remember really quickly thinking to myself as I'm sitting there with a fire extinguisher watching this, uh, this technician work that it wasn't, it didn't feel like a hotshot job at all. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I started, uh, I guess you would say pr pretty much at the very bottom, um, doing, doing those kind of things. And I moved in, started doing some warehouse duties, ordering parts, doing truck stock inventory, moved into dispatch, did some dispatch, moved into some service management, incorporated some install. Next thing you know, I, you know, I've got, I've got all the residential. So uh, that's the shortest version possible, but yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. You know, I, I honestly, I can't, I can't imagine being, you know, in the position I'm at now without working a lot of, most of those jobs coming through. So uh, I've truly yeah. been in a lot of their shoes. So yeah. And for the record, I interview a lot of folks who didn't come from the trades, who had to learn it really on the fly in order to take on leadership roles at their companies they're at now. And that's totally fine. That's how I would do it. But I think there's definitely some value to being someone who started, you know, at the bottom of the ladder and now you're here. Because when you tell someone to be on Firewatch, when you send someone to just drive <laughs> parts out to a job on a hot day, you know exactly what that's like. You've done that. Oh, and yeah. so you know that at the end of the day, people are looking to grow 
to grow out of those roles. So I think that's really important to get that context. Yeah, and I think it's um, it's also cool because now that I've been here for a long time, I'm actually selling others on that same type of you know future and like, hey, look, I know that today doesn't seem that exciting, but you know you learn from that and you advance and you gather more and um, you know that's that's that trajectory I had and you know I was really lucky because um, the owner Todd Altoff really took me under his wing early on and you know we would stay late after hours and like review invoices and go through you know scenarios and talk about all kinds of things he he really invested a lot of time with me and so you know I'll I'll forever be grateful for that but uh it was it was a lot of, a lot of a lot of time a lot of training a lot of experience uh a lot of situations you know bad decisions good decisions yeah. <laughs> Here they are. So for real, right? So when you first, when we first spoke, you told me that budgeting really helped at Altoff grow. So tell me about the budgeting class that changed everything. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think for me, like we were, we were doing pretty good. Um, but there was just some things missing and, um, you know, we had, joined EGIA and we had started doing some, some of the little seminars and classes that they had. And they had one that uh, was out of town. It was three days. It was a business planning and budgeting class. And, and I really separate those two things because the planning, the business planning part is probably as, mo as important to me uh, as the budgeting part of it. And, you know, you, you could certainly do some of this stuff in your office, but you just won't. Um, mm. You won't be able to separate yourself like you will out of town. So, you know, it's three, three days out of town, completely immersed in, you know, what you want to accomplish in the next year, what it's going to take to accomplish those goals. Um, and it's amazing the clarity you get when you kind of separate yourself from your day-to-day uh, activities and, and so forth. I a hundred percent agree with that mindset of getting out of your normal environment to make, to, to do things outside of your routine. I live a mile from the service Titan offices, but I still primarily work from home because my team is all across the country. But let me tell you something. When I go in person to the service Titan offices, I am so productive. Oh my goodness. I am just like crossing T's, dotting I's. I just, it truly is different. Like getting that, that shift, like just getting out of your normal space can really be transformative for helping your mind grow and expand and look at things in new ways. Well, it was for me. Um, and, and you know, the class really is kind of broken into two parts. Uh, you know, the business planning part of it really starts with an evaluation of your current processes. And, you know, you go through, it's something like 500 different questions about your business and you kind of rank them about how, how you're doing, you know, could you do better? Are you doing this now? Or are you not doing this? And you start with doing that. Then you kind of reduce those down to the key ones or the ones that are most you know, impactful for you. And you just look for gaps in your business. And it, it, it's amazing you know, the things that you start to uncover when you're not burdened with, you know, 
hey, this phone call or this person's calling or we got this situation to take you away from. And so even when the class is done, your your mind continues to to go as, you know, you go back to your hotel and you kind of just jot ideas and, and, and whittle that down. So it, it it was it was a major major game changer. We we came out of that first class. Um, I think it was November of 2020, and you know the, the instructor Gary Alex he calls them rocks, and we came out with our rocks. And you know the the, the key concept is is to have no more than than five rocks that you're working on at one point, you know, because it's easy mm. to get distracted and work on 15 things at a time. But what are the, the the most important three to five things that you need to go back and work on right away? And so we left there and I, I was completely energized and we came back and we started working on those right away. And so, you know, one of those coincidentally ended up being to um, to make the change to service Titan. And, and it, it, at the time, it wasn't service Titan. It was we need to upgrade our customer experience. We need to improve our um improve our processes, our CRM. We need, we just need better. Ours was so antiquated and um, we started evaluating and we ended up deciding to go with Titan and it's, it's, it's really been a win, a major win, so. That's awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for sharing that. I, I'm sorry. I'm like, I got caught up on the five rocks thing. Can you, can you explain the rocks to me? Like are rocks like goals? Or are they, uh, are they actual physical rocks that you must burden yourself with every day yeah. until one is completed? Yeah, we're not actually moving. Yeah, we're not actually moving <laughs> boulders, but sometimes it does feel, you know, uh, I think yeah. the analogy there is that you're actually, you're, you're actually moving these boulders. These are the, 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 the biggest things because it's easy to like, well, I need to get blue paper clips instead of green, you know, and it's easy to go and, and make that change. Right. So um, doing the business evaluation, you end up writing, you end up coming to the conclusion, Hey, there's like 30 or 40 things that we need to do. We need to change and improve. But once you start looking at those, you can see a lot of them are grouped together um, and they come out of, you know, one thing, um, they kind of whittle down to one or two concepts. And so ultimately you probably end up whittling those down to about 10 or 12. And then of those 10 or 12, what are the most important five? What are the biggest uh, obstacles to, to your, to your success, to your growth, what's going to help you achieve what you want to achieve in the, in the following year. And then put out a plan. What's it going to take you to accomplish that, put a timeline on it and, and just kind of work a plan to getting those. And that's, that's been so pivotal ever since then, um, you know, just having that, having that mindset to start the new year. And it's, it's pretty awesome to go back and redo that evaluation and go, okay, we moved those rocks. We did that. You know, we're on to new things. And it's just about continually improving what you're, what you're trying to achieve and do. I love that. And I'm also going to say, I'm going to be really disappointed if you guys don't have novelty rocks on your desk, because that is a missed <laughs> culture opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, I use that term around here all the time now. It's become, you know, kind of a, uh, I, you know, it's someone else's term, but we took it and, and kind of made it part of our culture. You know, I, I, not only for our business planning, you know, I would, I wish that we could shut down the whole company and I take, you know, like eight people to this thing, uh, but you just can't do it, you know? So um, 
last year, I ended up having my key managers fill out their own rocks, you know, what are the most impactful. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about that in our, in our one-on-one meetings and, you know, see how we're progressing in those things. And it's, it's interesting. I like to get that before I go, because then I like to see how, how that stacks up with what ultimately, you know, we, we, we will, we want to do for the upcoming year. I love that you incorporate those into the one-on-ones. I think so often prioritization gets stuck at the top level and it doesn't necessarily funnel down or people don't really think about it trickling up. So I think it's really smart that you incorporate that language with your direct reports. I think that's really, really awesome. Um, You mentioned that you saw business planning and budgeting as two different things. Uh, The way I'm thinking about it, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that business planning is like, this is where we want to go and budgeting is this is how we're going to get there. Am I right right with that? Pretty much. Give me an MBA. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, pretty much. Um, No, that's what it is. Like, you know, this is what we want to do. Here's how we're going to pay for it type thing. Um, You know, or here's what it's going to take, you know, operationally, financially to achieve those goals. And really, for me, the best part about the budgeting um, is just being able to align everybody on the same page. Okay. So, you know, we, this is, this is, this is what our goal is. This is what our budget is for the upcoming year. And these are the the, the metrics and KPIs and things that we're going to strive to achieve to, to, to meet those goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really so. cool. So you mentioned that one of your first five rocks was, uh, you know, getting on a, giving a better giving a better customer service experience to your customers, which involved you getting on board with Service Titan. What were some other things? What were some of those initial rocks that you took from that first meeting? Marketing for sure was a big one. Um, We just, we didn't really know what we were doing. (laughs) Um, You know, it was, it's like the old joke where, you know, we would, you know, do one ad someplace and then we'd wait for the phone to ring and it wouldn't. And we'd be like, well, this doesn't work. This stinks. And we just didn't know what we were doing. And so one of those other ones was, uh, was to find um, a, a company to, to help us with that. Um, bring us along, make us, you know, well-rounded, both digital, traditional, be where we needed to be. Uh, and that's made all the difference. Um, so we've, we've partnered with some organizations there and that they, they've also been a huge part of our, 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 our growth and our success over the last couple of years, um, that we just didn't have before. Yeah. Cause you guys relied primarily on referral marketing before you got a, a digital marketing team, correct? Oh yeah. Almost exclusively on marketing. I mean, I can remember not that long ago where like, if we put, we had, there was an ad in a Sunday paper, like on a cover that we, you know, and that was like a big thing for us. And I remember when we first, I like one of the first things we ever did was like did a billboard. I remember being so excited to see this billboard and <laughs> it's like to look how far we've come in a really short period of time, uh, maturity marketing wise. Um, you know, of course, Titan helps with that too. Um, we, we utilize some of the marketing pro aspects. Um, but we've got a marketing team that we work with, uh, that's, that's really helped, you know, jumpstart us. So one of the, that's awesome. 
one of the other rocks from this year um, has been to develop a better middle management team. Um, that's been mm -hmm. one of the one of the things that we've been working on this year. And um, you know, as as we grow, um, you know, you need you need you need more people. You need more people helping to to keep keep things in place and and, and moving along correctly and, and processes and so forth. So, you know, working on our working on our team. Got it. So having like a team below you that helps with all of the stuff that entails residential services at Altoff. Yeah, you know, it's kind of weird. Um, you know, we've, you know, you, you don't, <laughs> my team would probably say this too, but you, you kind of just like wake up one day and you're like, oh man, like we're a lot busier than we used to be. Uh, and we're a lot bigger than we used to be. Um, and it was by design, but you know, you kind of just realize like, wow, we, we've ran more service calls this year, you know, and we've hired more guys, you know, more, more, more staff. Um, and, you know, you need, you need, you need a good management team. And thankfully I have that here. We, we we've got some really good, really good players um, uh, that are, you know, helping to foster this growth without them, we wouldn't be doing any of this. So. That's awesome. You know, I'm just, as we're talking, this is like coming to, and it's not a secret. We do pre-interviews here at Toolbox for the Trades. Every podcast should, free podcasting tip. Um, sure. But, you know, we talk, you've been here for 19 years. And as we're talking now, it's really just hitting me because it feels like from what you've told me, Altoff um, has really like skyrocketed in the last couple of years. So am I right with that? It feels like the last like three to five years have really been pretty well, big. Well, for home service. Certainly for, years, home, for home, services. home services. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just the name itself, home services. So you'll see like even the truck behind me here has the name Altoff Industries on the, on the side. So our uh, parent company, if you will, the, the, has always been Altoff Industries. So I was hired and worked for the first 17 years for Altoff Industries. And, you know, one of the things that we ended up deciding to do was to change residential's name to home services. Because if you think about it, industries doesn't, if you're looking for a company and you're Googling and you're looking around, industries doesn't sound like they would come and take care of my home's air conditioner, right? And so mm -hmm. I wanted that to be more residential friendly. And so we made that change. That was another change that we made uh, a couple of years ago uh, in the rebranding. And so, you know, we've got, you know, new logo, um, you know, new marketing material, the website, I mean, everything. So, you know, we, we went, when we, we came back, we were energized and we went all in. So. That's awesome. The reason I bring this up is because I talk to a lot of owner operators who kind of have this moment in their business. You know, they get on service Titan, they do a big rebrand. They, they kind of shift the way business was operating as usual. And you've been there for 19 years and you're obviously a valued member of the team. What advice, and this is a bit of a, a curveball, so take your time with it, but what advice would you give to owners who are looking to make big systemic changes in their organization who want to keep stellar employees like you? Um, I guess a couple of things. Um, I would say be part of be part of the vision, right? So, um, you know, 
be part of that that path, you know, paint that clear path, be part of that journey. Um, you know, I, I was lucky our our owners um, have been very supportive of what we're trying to do. Um, you know, over the last few years, um, I think it's I think it's worked out. But they, uh, you know, they've pretty much given us just about uh, anything that we've asked for. Um, and so, you know, I'm grateful for that. Um, you know, I think one of the owners that had always comments like, oh, great, you know, anything home services want, home services gets, right? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's true, but uh, we, we have gotten a lot. Uh, and, you know, I, I, think it's, I think it's been a good investment for the owners. Um, but I, I think for me, it's, you know, be, be part of the journey, be part of, uh, be, be part of, you know, getting it carried out. Yeah, getting buy-in. I think that's an excellent answer. I'm so happy I, I, I asked that. So I know that as you guys have been growing, it's been really important for you um, to keep customer, customer satisfaction at a high level. We didn't want that to decline. So how did you make no. sure that your processes didn't suffer as the company grew? Well, that's one of my biggest fears always um, is that we've always prided ourselves on really great customer service really great quality. Um, and I think that was, that was a concern for us for a long time, uh, about growing, uh, it continues to be, I, you know, I, I think the answer there is that we we've got good people in place. Um, we have a really strong culture and, you know, I, I think the other part of it is we look for these gaps in our processes, not just that, you know, the, the business planning workshop, but, you know, you take those same skills and you look at, you know, what, what's not working, what do we need to change? Let's make those changes. And, um, you know, so the people, the culture, uh, and the willingness to make, make improvements and changes and look at something. It's, this is an ongoing thing. Um, you know, we, we continue mm -hmm. to grow. And one of the biggest concerns I have now is as we bring new people in, you know, forever, I used to, you know, when I would be talking to customers, I would say, hey, you know, uh, she's been here for 14 years. He's been here for 20 years. You know, they've been here for 25 years. We just had a senior installer just celebrate 39 years uh, a month ago with us. And so wow. now as we start to bring new people on, um, you know, we're trying to, you know, how do we onboard them and get them you know, kind of thinking the same way that we, we think and embracing the culture uh, as quickly as possible. So that's, that's kind of been one of the, one of the challenges that we're dealing with now. Yeah. Yeah. Totally relatable. I mean, I think everyone who listens to the show, who's been on the show, like has challenges with that. Right. Um, and I know this year you're pacing to hit 14 million. So since that's doing budgeting and planning, you've doubled your revenue. You're planning to hit 14 mil this year. Um, when it comes to this concern about like, okay, how do we get more people that have the same caliber, the same excellence that we have had for so many years, are you thinking about uh, starting an apprenticeship program? Are you thinking about growing text from inside? Are you like, what, what are you, how are you guys thinking about this? Totally understand that you're not, you have not solved this problem, but I love yeah. kind of brainstorming yeah. these things. Well, we're a union shop. So, um, you know, mm. it's a, it's a different set of challenges 
uh, with that. Um, there, there's some pros and, and, and cons, certainly. Um, I, I think it's whether you're you're pulling guys off the street or you know you're you know going to the union. I think it's having a clear set of standards and criteria that you're looking for in the right person and, you know, really not settling and trying to get the right, right person on as best you can. Um, I, I, I tell, we have these conversations with my, my management crew all the time and we're like, okay, so let's look at, you know, what this position includes and let's write down all the qualities that the high performing person would need to have to make this, this role successful. And if we're interviewing somebody and they don't demonstrate those qualities, then I don't think it's a good fit. Right. So, I mean, it sounds simple, yeah. but you know, the, I think for us, um, looking, looking to, to, to expand and hire before you actually need someone to me is, one of the biggest things, because, you know, you think differently when you're in the fire than when you're out of the fire. Um, so for you know, sure. looking, looking for, looking for people before you actually need them. And honestly, we've, we've really done really, really well at bringing in entry level people, both in the office and in the field. Um, it's not to say we've never gotten any, um, any good people experience, but I think there's a, there's a certain um, there's a certain amount of culture and things to embrace about working here, and you know I think when you get plugged in with 12 years experience, uh, it you know it may not be the place for you, but when you get to start like I did at the entry level, whether that be in the field or whatever, you get to see all the things that we do, all the things that you know customer centric things and bending over backwards and doing these extra favors and going the extra mile and just being providing more value to uh, uh, all the steps that we do that after you've been here for a little while you you, you get it and so um yeah you know i i kind of call it like the farm system right so like we you know who are our next people coming up like both in the field and in the office that can be our next you know our next managers or our next all awesome salesperson or, or our, our next plumber, our next uh, service technician. So, you know, just kind of constantly evaluating that. Yeah, I think that's smart and agree with you on don't look for someone when you need it, look for someone always, because I can totally relate to the, when you need someone, it's like any warm body will do, just, <laughs> just anyone will be fine. Uh, and I working really out of that desperation, yeah. you know, you don't, you don't necessarily make the best decisions, right? Yeah, you really want to avoid that at all cost. I don't think I've ever like made one of those decisions and been like super happy with it. You know, uh, I mean, not not often, right? So, uh, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, no one's batting a thousand when it's uh, when when it comes to hiring. Um, but we we try to do a pretty good process of evaluating people for the right fit, um, you know, the right mindset. And certainly somebody who wants to serve the customer is, is a big one for us. For sure. So we talked a lot about business planning, budgeting, how doing so kind of set Altaf off for this level on this, in this journey to really like, you know, 
build their home services division to keep going on to residential, which sounds like it's working out really well for you guys. Now that you've done budgeting and business planning for a few years now, you said your first one was in November, 2020. We're recording this right now in July, 2023. You know, what have you learned about the process? Like how have you tweaked it as you go year after year? You mentioned that, you know, we're always analyzing gaps and processes to see how we can fine tune things. So just to love to love to know, like, what have you learned more about it since that first first initial exposure to this way of thinking? Um, I guess one that the job is never done, right? Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think you could look at a, a company that's been around for 20 years doing the process follow the same steps. You're always going to find gaps, no matter what, you're always going to find gaps in, in your operations. Um, don't let that discourage you, you know, um, number two, um, you know, don't be overwhelmed, you know, pick some, pick, pick the things that are most important and, and, and work through those. <clears throat> and I look at it this way. It wasn't like before this, we weren't doing anything, <clears throat> excuse me. It's just that uh, maybe we didn't know the right ones to go after. And so, you know, this process has really helped us in selecting the right things to chase um, rather than, or for me, if you ask any of my, my team members, I, I want to solve everything like right away. And so uh, I will often have like, 10 rocks going at one point. And so for me, it's been really important. Like, no, no, just do these, work on these, do the next, drop the next ones in. So. I'm glad you brought that up. This is actually, this is a theme that came up earlier on in the, in the show that I haven't talked about in a while, but it still resonates with me. It's, you know, the, the, like the, the sweet, sweet release when you solve a problem, you know, yeah. just like a simple one. It's like, I know I'm supposed to be focusing on this, but if I just like fix this thing now, that'll be nice. I'm the same way, which again, I mean, I think if you actually had physical rocks that you were carrying around every day, you'd want to put them down. You'd want to put them down, right? Yeah. You'd want so, to put them down. Yeah. You'd want you to, want to get them, you want to get them moved. You want to get them put down. Yeah. I know uh, some of my team members always joke with me because I, I'll say this. It's like, and I don't even say the saying right, but it's like, it's either just right or just right now. And that's my way of saying like, let's get going. Let's like, you know, cause I think you can, you can always over-evaluate something to the point of saying, well, we can't do it yet because this isn't perfect. And I, I don't know that you'll ever reach that point where anything is ever perfect. Um, I think it's just being, um, being proactive rather than reactive put you in a better position and, you know, meeting those challenges head on. And I think to me, like my personal feeling is that when I, it's almost like a procrastination and, you know, I don't Mm want to procrastinate when it comes to to solving these issues, you know, let's, let's tackle them, let's meet them. It's going to be hard, but let's, let's go through it and, and, and get it fixed. So. I know, but procrastination is just like so much fun. Um, (laughs) Not really. It's actually, it's, it's actually like true torture for myself when I do it. And I love when I procrastinate a task and the task I procrastinated took a a solid two seconds to do. And I'm like, I'm so happy. I worried about that for a full week. Um, Blake, this has been a wonderful interview. 
Thank you so much for sharing your insight and your wisdom. I'm rooting for you guys to hit 14 million this year. So you're going to have to keep me posted. Um, Thank you so much for being a guest on Toolbox for the Trades. Hey, Toolbox, want to earn some serious cash just by referring your friends to Service Titan? For every demo your referral books with our team, you'll earn 500 bucks. And if they sign up, you could even make up to $10,000. But wait, there's more. Refer the most friends, you could win a brand new Tesla Model 3. So, what are you waiting for? Click the referrals link in the show notes of this episode to start submitting referrals today and get one step closer to driving off in your dream car.